To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this Sunday after Christmas is the gospel, which you heard read before from Matthew chapter 2. Recall just these words. After they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. The angel said to him, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, the Christ child, my beloved. Miracles are something that only God can do. You know, sometimes we think of miracles as being really big things. Sometimes they're really not all that big at all. I don't know if any of you uh, still get the Milwaukee paper, the very back of the front section on Christmas Day. A big ad, star. It says, it's a boy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, Luke 2. If you would like to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, visit Need Him Ministry at, and then there's an email address, Hobby Lobby. Maybe some of you have been watching some of the Christmas shows, uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Kind of interesting, uh, there was a little... Uh, update on that Charlie Brown Christmas because, you know, in the middle of the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas uh, cartoon, one of the characters says, For the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The makers of that movie wanted Charles Schultz to uh, take that out. He wouldn't do it. And that still remains one of the popular uh, Christmas programs, Charlie Brown Christmas. Took an opportunity to uh, do a little searching on the uh, internet and uh, looked up YouTube and asked for uh, some Christmas messages. And there are some amazing Christian Christmas messages on YouTube. And so I consider those little things miracles of God. We're living here in a Less than Christian society, in fact, antagonism against Christians. And um, yet here we hear God's word proclaimed in uh, unexpected places because heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. I brought some uh, figurines from uh, our mantle here at Christmas, uh, Three Wise Men. Picked those uh, figurines up uh, a couple Christ uh, Christmases ago at the Christmas store up in uh, Door County. And uh, just brought them as a little illustration because a lot of times when we talk about the wise men, we say, oh, there were three wise men. Well, there were three gifts that they brought, uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh, but we really don't know how many uh, wise men there really were. And then we think, well, they came and they bowed down and they went home, but really the story is a whole lot more complex than that. In order to really understand the words before us this morning, you have to understand 
uh, and um, take to heart the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 2, and that's this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea when Herod was king. After Jesus' birth, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They asked, where is the one who was born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod and all Jerusalem heard about this, they became disturbed. He called together all the chief priests and scribes and tried to find out from them where the Messiah was supposed to be born. They told him in Bethlehem in Judea, the prophet wrote about this, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. A leader will come from you. He will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. As he sent them to Bethlehem, he said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you have found him, report to me so that I may go and worship him too. After they had heard the king, they started out. The star they had seen rising led them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They were overwhelmed with joy to see the star. When they entered the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, so they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God warned them in a dream not to go back to Herod, so they left for their country by another road. When you read this whole section, virtually the whole chapter of Matthew chapter 2, I took a look at it and I found at least 11 miracles. The first miracle of this whole account is God put a star in the sky, a very special, in fact, it remains a mystery today exactly what that was. A conjunction of planets, a special created star, it was a miracle marking the birth of Jesus Christ. And then the wise men came, and it was a trip of some 800 miles. And they came because they believed. Some people wonder, well, how did they get that faith in the Savior? Well, 450 years earlier, God's people had been in captivity over there uh, in the east. And perhaps that message of that Messiah still was hanging around with those people. And so they came with faith, and that's a miracle. And then they went to the capital of Jerusalem. Because it said, the star apparently said, King of the Jews. And they wanted to know where it, uh, this uh, King of the Jews was going to, to be born. And miraculously, there were still some religious leaders uh, who knew where to look into the Bible for the prophecy, and they said, well, it's going to be in Bethlehem. And then the star moved. Because they were in Jerusalem, Bethlehem is five miles to the south, the star moved and sat over where the child was. Another miracle. And then God spoke to the wise men. Don't go back to Herod. What a wonderful miracle that was because it gave Joseph, Mary, and Jesus a head start. Another miracle, believe it or not, Herod executed the baby boys two years old and under in Bethlehem hoping that he could get rid of this king of the Jews. 
But God used wor worldly powers. Herod, who thinks that he was so powerful and he was going to kill all, all of those babies, what he was doing was fulfilling a prophecy. A prophecy of Hosea, 750 B.C. I have called my son out of Egypt. That wouldn't have happened if Herod hadn't tried to seek and kill those boys. And then another miracle. An angel warned Joseph to flee. An angel, those special messengers, those spiritual beings that watch over us every day. God preserved then his holy family. They had to travel 200 miles down to Egypt. How was Joseph, a poor carpenter, going to live? Another miracle. Why, the wise men had brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. These were expensive gifts, enough to live on for perhaps three years in Egypt. God also again used earthly powers who thought they were so powerful to fulfill his prophecy because Matthew tells us that Archelaus, the son of Herod, ruled in his place after Herod died. And so when Joseph got back to the area of Bethlehem in Jerusalem, saw that Archelaus was uh, a, a very evil man, then the, an angel said, no, you don't stay here. You go back up to Nazareth. And when they went back up to Nazareth, another prophecy was fulfilled that Jesus would be called a Nazarene. Eleven miracles. Count the miracles, treasure the meaning. God always keeps his promises. The Old Testament 700 years before said Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, and he was. The prophet said Jesus would come out of Egypt, and he did. It talked about Rachel or the people around Bethlehem weeping for their children who were dead, and that was a prophecy many years before, and it happened. And it was prophesied that Jesus would be a Nazarene. And he was. And so it was that God protected his infant son in those years even before he learned how to talk. And why? Because Jesus had a big mission ahead of himself. A message to carry. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. Jesus had yet another 30 years before he completed his ministry. So God protected his son. You ever think about it that both the wise men and King Herod were catalysts for some great difficulty in the early life of our Lord? They traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem, from Bethlehem to Egypt, from Egypt back to Jerusalem or Judea, and from Judea to Nazareth. You know that that was about anywhere uh, between a 600 and 800 mile trip? Jesus was both a refugee and an immigrant. He suffered in his infancy, 
but God protected him. Why? Because there were other prophecies that had to be fulfilled, like Isaiah. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus yet had to be wounded and crushed by the weight of the cross and whipped as punishment for your sins and mine. And you want to know why that's so important? Is because every one of us suffers here in this world at one time or another. And sometimes it's extreme difficulty and sometimes it's a light load. But we may all be tempted to say, I wonder why this is happening. Could it possibly be that God is punishing me? And I don't know how many times I've comforted members when I said, it cannot possibly be that God is punishing you because he already punished all of our sins on the back of Jesus. So if it's not that he's punishing you, it must be that he wants to bring some great blessing. Maybe even a miracle into your life. Jesus, a refugee and an immigrant in his infancy, protected by the Father so that he could be your Savior, so that you could bank on other promises that God gives to you. Call upon me in the times of trouble. I will rescue you and you will honor me. But still sometimes in our lives we may be tempted to say, God, but please show me a miracle. But you see, you are one of God's miracles. On your way to eternal life, through faith in Jesus Christ, and for you, that's the greatest miracle of all. And so we say on this first Sunday after Christmas, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.